Skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Welcome to Living Skin. I'm Beth Payalco with Global Education, and today's podcast is all about acne, some of the triggers and the tripwires when it comes to the skin issue, and we're going to be exploring some of the best treatment solutions. Now, we know acne is a complex problem and has so many influencing elements, and every person has their own unique set of challenges. So we're really going to be focusing today and having a really great discussion about some of the solutions for acne management. And we've brought back onto the podcast with us today our very own Dermalogica expert in Canada, and that's Leela McInerney. So welcome, Leela. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, so much, Beth. Very excited to be back here with you again. Well, we loved the last time we were with you. We really got to dive into that discussion about acne, the different types of breakouts, what's causing it. Um, and I know you and I have had this conversation that right, there's so many messages out there given to not only skin therapists, but to consumers. And it can be very confusing, I think, to kind of wade through, right, that never-ending sea of acne products, acne treatments. And so I'm really excited to have you here today, I think, to talk about not only what are some of the triggers, some things that maybe we could be aware of that we could avoid, um, but also to some of those ingredients. So we're excited to have you back again with us. And I'm going to just jump right into our conversation today and, you know, in talking about the last time we looked at the science, right, behind mm -hmm. acne. And one of the takeaways that I definitely remember and a lot of our um, listeners and feedback I've gotten is, is about we see oftentimes increase in breakout activity due to hormonal fluctuations. But there's mm -hmm. more to it than just that. There's some additional other triggers and twip tripwires, as we mentioned. So could you take us down some of those examples of what are some things that we should be mindful of when it comes to what could aggravate or stimulate um, a breakout? Absolutely. And Beth, I think you just mentioned something really important there. These things can aggravate or possibly even stimulate the development of breakout activity. So it is helpful for us to know this information so that we can try and limit these overall exposures where we can. It's not about saying if we cut all of these things out, you'll never get another breakout in your life, but it certainly can help, especially if you are someone that is more of that acneic skin type, as these things will exacerbate breakouts further in the skin. So Beth, you did mention hormones and I did wanna to quickly touch on that again because it is such a relevant factor. You know, like we said in our last podcast, that shift of hormones will not only increase overall sebaceous gland activity, but can also increase the amount of inflammation that we're seeing alongside the breakouts. So the noticeable time where these hormone levels change is during puberty, pregnancy, and menopause. 
And again, women go through a monthly hormonal fluctuation with their menstrual cycles. You can add that in with the potential for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And all of these different hormonal shifts can unfortunately lead to the increase of breakout activity. So that's one thing to consider. Now, we can't necessarily control hormones inside the body, but we do have tools and ingredient technology that can help control how the hormones interact with the skin. So that's really where our focus should be. The next thing to consider is also various medications. If we are taking any medications that, in, that contain iodine, these can actually cause acne eruptions in the skin. So some of the key medications to be mindful of are anti-epileptic medications as well as antidepressants. And this can be so tough. Um, I know a friend of mine actually who always had the clearest skin and then he went onto quite a strong antidepressant and his skin just did not accept it and he started to develop almost grade two, grade three acne. So it can be a little bit of a vicious cycle because they're you know, using that medication to help treat their depression, but then their skin can unfortunately see negative impact. Okay, so definitely with both hormones and medications, it's going to be ideal that you have that conversation with your doctor and, you know, just being aware of some of the side effects that could potentially happen. It's not always, you know, guaranteed, but I think it's just kind of being aware, like you said, what's happening internally. Um, is there a link that it could, you know, could potentially cause um, some breakouts? Now, I know one of the things, um, even myself included, that when I do get that breakout, I'm, you know, wanting to cover it up. <laughs> I'm wanting to find, right, like that concealer, that powder, you know, something that can actually, you know, cover it up. I know there's a lot of things over the counter that can kind of do a cover up and maybe, you know, treat the blemish at the same time. So I would think, though, however, when it comes to ingredients that we would need to be aware of cosmetics. Um, are there anything, is there anything out there that could possibly even trigger some additional breakouts when it comes to things for women, especially what we use on our face um, on a daily basis. Absolutely. And Beth, I think you hit the nail on the head here. This is such a big contributing factor because it is only natural that if we did have a breakout, we would want to cover it up. But it's true, we do need to look for concealers or powders or foundations that contain quality skin healthy ingredients. So one thing that you do want to be mindful of is anything that smells like rainbows, coconuts, and sunshine is probably chock full of artificial fragrance. So that artificial fragrance can create more inflammation and reactivity in the skin. So you do want to look for products that don't have a heavy fragrance to them. Also as well, in terms of the makeup, um, you want to be avoiding things like PVP as well as CVP, which are various plastics. And these can be found in many waterproof, sweatproof, smudge-proof makeups. Um, and one other thing actually, you know, everybody started talking a little while ago about mineral powders and mineral powder powders being a less clogging option, still providing great coverage. And so I think this excellent, I'm glad you really kind of talked about fragrances and some key ingredients. So, you know, whether you are wearing, you know, makeup daily or you know, on occasion, if you're more predisposed to, to having acne, I think it's also too, you might be a little bit more sensitive or um, to those types of ingredients, even in, um, I think like hair products too. Would you agree with that? I think about like, if you have like hairspray or something, 
um, in your hair and then you, you know you go to bed and maybe that kind of gets put onto like your pillowcase. Um, have you oh. had an, any any information about that you could share with us? Absolutely. You know, a lot of our gels, our mousses, our hairsprays, possibly even the shampoos and conditioners that we're using contain a lot of clogging ingredients. And not only can it transfer onto our pillowcase when we're sleeping, but I know myself personally, one of the things that I do when I'm thinking or working is touch my hair a lot. And then I will just naturally rest my hands on my face. So that can also contain these plastics that I was mentioning and just the transfer can cause additional clogging in the skin. So a tip that I have for you is when you are showering, try and make sure that you don't let your shampoo and conditioner run down the front of your face, tilt your head back, and then you can let it kind of run down the back. Now, if you are experiencing breakout activity on your back and shoulders, you can turn your hair to the side and just let the water and shampoo and product run off that way. And that in itself can help to support the skin. Okay, great. Excellent tip. I know one of the things I like to do is um, I'll actually do my, I'll wash my hair and condition my hair first and then follow through with my face cleanser and that type of, of thing to, to kind of make sure I remove anything that could possibly, right, be kind <laughs> of sticking to my skin as well. And then um, are there any other, you know, ingredients that you can think of that maybe are unused in products or makeup or hair care or even even skincare products that we should be aware of that we should avoid? Absolutely. Um, so some of the common ones that you still do see across the industry widely used today are things like petroleum derived mineral oil um, as well as lanolin. And essentially what you can think about these two ingredients doing is that they create almost like an invisible film on the skin that doesn't allow for oxygen to get inside the follicle. And by virtue of that, you then have the growth and development of bacteria, which can lead to more inflamed types of lesions. So mineral oil, lanolin, not the best for helping to support a clear, healthy skin. One other thing that's also important to note is various forms of alcohol. Now, some alcohols are really good for the skin, like acetyl alcohol, where others might be exceptionally stripping. So the ones that we need to be conscious of are things called SD alcohols, and that stands for especially denatured alcohol, as these essentially rob the skin of moisture, which then leads to the skin being in a vulnerable state and possibly not having the ability to continue overall cell sloughing. Okay, excellent. I think that's been so helpful for us to be able to really talk to our listeners today about some just, you know, some key ingredients to look for. I mean, we can't know all of them, but I think those are some really big heavy hitters. Um, what about external things like the environment? I know when I am really like I'm sweating a lot, um, even working out that I tend to have to be very cautious about how, you know, how I'm removing my makeup or also too, I feel sometimes it even kind of makes me break out a little bit more. Do you have some information about the environment and how that can affect um, more of a uh, predisposed skin to acne? Absolutely. You know, living in a place like Canada, we have very uh, distinct seasons here, so to speak. And uh, being that I live in downtown Toronto, we can go from minus 30 in the wintertime up to plus 30 in the summertime. And even this past winter, we were seeing fluctuations in temperature of one day it would be minus 20 and then it would be 
be a plus 10 the next day. So essentially what this constant change will create is a change in humidity levels. So if we are in that high heat, we're going to, going to have higher levels of humidity, which can cause excess sweating in the skin and lead to additional clogging. Now on the flip side of things, when we see low humidity levels more predominantly in the winter time, this can actually rob moisture from the skin, which then causes further dryness, further dehydration, and again, the lack of the ability to slough off those dead skin cells. And I think it's also important when you're talking about your environment, you know, where are you on a daily basis? You know, if you're somebody that is a chef, for example, and you're working in a back kitchen, you may be constantly over a grill, over a stove and having that heat and those oils be put onto the skin. So if you're working in like a kitchen or a laundromat or any type of industrial setting, possibly even a hospital, really important to make sure that you have thorough cleansing once you're done your shift. Okay. Now, when it comes to wearing, you know, definitely some some products, I know one of the things that I just kind of want to talk about this briefly is that when someone has an oilier or more congested skin or prone to breakout, they tend to avoid moisturizers, which I think as a skin therapist, of course, we say that's not the best idea because if you're not hydrated, as you mentioned, it can actually make the condition worse. So are there some types of products that we should be looking for um, when it comes to whether where you are, maybe your environment um, as well? Absolutely. You know, if you are somebody, let's say, that is outside on a regular basis, it's so crucial and important that we wear an SPF. And I know that that is very difficult for people who are suffering with breakouts to wrap their minds around because quite often they think, no, SPFs are greasy or they're rich or they're going to make me break out even further. But we do need to protect ourselves from that UV ray so that we're not then developing acne scars at the same time. And additionally, oilier skins absolutely have it in their mindset that, you know, moisturizers, I don't need them because I make my own moisturizer or oil. So we want to be looking for things that are lightweight, oil-free, rich in silk amino acids that will still give the skin the water that it needs, but help to control and manage the amount of excess oil that's being secreted at the same time. Okay, so they're not avoiding moisturizers. It's just kind of like more about like the the level, like more of a looking for like an oil-free moisturizer, helping to kind of really boost that hydration. Now, I know we we're talking about environment, so I have to throw this out there. I have definitely heard clients will say to me like, oh my gosh, like in the summer when the sun's out, you know, I definitely feel like my, um, you know, my acne actually improves. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes they think that the more sun exposure, the better acne, the better clearing they'll see of their acne. But I think that's definitely like an urban legend. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, you know, so many people are under that impression that, okay, well, let me just go outside into the sun and my breakouts will clear up. And while this might be temporarily true, sun can temporarily tighten up the follicles and dry up the oil glands, but it also causes long-term damage to the follicle walls, which can lead to clogging later on. So it seems that it might be helping at first, but quite often about four to three to four weeks later, you're actually going to see more acne lesions develop. So I know that it seems like it's the thing to do, but it actually could potentially make the breakouts worse. 
Okay, great. Thank you for thank you for talking about that. So, yeah. you know, wearing that oil-free moisturizer, you know, watching what's in your, you know, cosmetics, being aware of your environment and how that can affect, you know, your skin on a daily or even a monthly basis. Um, and where, you know, wearing SPF is so critical as well. Now, there also are some different things I think that a lot of people don't consider when it comes to uh, causes or triggers of acne. And that is um, from like friction as well as industrial oil. So let's take a moment and, and talk about that as well. So friction is something that causes quite a lot of breakout activity and people might not even realize that that's actually the culprit. I don't know about all of you, um, I have an iPhone. So when I pull my iPhone out of my purse, which has everything under the sun in it, it quite often has a little bit of a film on it. And then I'll take my iPhone, I'll pop it up to my cheek and now I have have that friction transferring bacteria into the skin. So definitely making sure that you're keeping your phone clean and wiped down or possibly wearing your headset where you can will be really effective. You also want to be mindful of things like hats. Personally, when I work out, I don't wear a baseball cap because just by virtue of the sweating and the friction, I'll develop breakouts on my forehead. Um, if you're somebody that's playing sports, you want to be making sure that you're also um, cleaning your helmets or your gear or your pads on a regular basis, just to make sure that if you've got something constantly rubbing on the skin, creating heat and pressure, that we're not going to create more occlusion in the skin. And just in terms of industrial oils really quickly, um, the, essentially what we're talking about here is something called hydrocarbonated oils. And these hydrocarbonated oils are very different and unique because they can actually be transferred with skin-to-skin -skin contact. So for us here in Canada, out in Alberta, one of our main industries is the oil and gas industry. And personally, just having worked out there a lot, I hear quite often that, um, you know, clients will experience breakout activity after their partners come back from the oil fields. So something to make sure is that if you are surrounded by those industrial oils or chemicals, that again, really good proper cleansing is taking place. Excellent. Now, not only what's happening externally affects your skin in, in many different ways, not just acne, but in many different um, ways, whether it's, you know, sensitivity, inflammation, or, you know, even like dehydration. So there's definitely been that comments about like, you know, what you eat, what you put into your body can definitely show up on your skin. And right now, a, a definitely a hot topic or link to breakouts is are the studies that show the linkage between dairy and sugar um, in correlation to acne production. So let's take a moment and, and talk about this because I think this is so important about being aware of what you're putting into your diet and understanding how that could affect your skin. Absolutely. And this is certainly an area in relation to acne formation that's gotten a lot of talk over the last few years because before it was simply diet does not affect your skin. But now we are, in fact, seeing that that's very much the case. So as you mentioned, recent studies are showing that a, di a diet that is high in dairy as well as sugar is actually going to cause an overall increase in insulin levels. And when we get an increase, 
increase in insulin levels, that is then going to cause an increase of our androgen hormones, which will then trigger additional oil production, as well as possible inflammation in the skin. So that age-old saying, you are what you eat, very much rings true. So if you are somebody that is noticing that your skin is acting out a little bit, it might be advantageous just to limit the amount of dairy and sugar that you're intaking and see if that has a positive effect on the skin. At times, I'll give people the suggestion to take a food journal and relate what they're eating to the amount of breakout activity that they're experiencing. And that can help give you a little bit of a correlation if indeed that dairy or sugar is exasperating your acne breakouts. And I think too, I mean, there's so many dairy-free options out there. Now, don't get me wrong. I love cheese. <laughs> I love <laughs> everything, doesn't. right? Everything that has to, has to do with dairy, I love. I love pasta, right? And bread and sugar. But those, again, those items are very, very much in that high glycemic diet. So, right, I need, I need to uh, put down the cookie or the bagel and reach for more things like grains and vegetables. But I love your idea too about doing um, a journal, right? Writing down like kind of your, what you're eating and noticing if you do have an increase, you know, let's say in some high glycemic foods or dairy over the weekend and breakouts kind of pop up the next morning, um, kind of just noticing that. And also to having a conversation, right? With your, with your doctor as well. Um, Absolutely. The one thing I also want to talk about is, is that, you know, when we do get that breakout mm -hmm. and you and I both know a skin therapist, it's like put on your spot treatment and, you know, leave it alone. However, we do know that people, um, are in their mirrors. They're doing <laughs> at home self extractions, <laughs> kind of picking at their skin. Um, but that actually, you know, it might give you that temporary, you know, satisfaction of relieving that breakout, but it can make the situation worse. So let's just talk about maybe some other suggestions of what, of what someone could do. Awesome. Thanks, Beth. And I have to say for all of our listeners, I can speak to this point with a lot of authenticity because I myself am a reformed face picker. I used to love doing it, but having really delved into this industry and seeing the negative effects that it has. Of course, you know, since the time I've been in the industry, I've long since changed my tune. So when we are at home and we're performing, let's say that bathroom surgery, there's quite often not proper hygiene that's taken into place. So are our hands clean? And furthermore, what type of technique are we doing to actually extract the lesion? You know, are we using the sides of our fingers? Are we using our fingernails? And so if we have poor hygiene and poor extraction techniques, what can essentially happen are several things. You could possibly spread the bacteria deep in the skin, which can lead to a neighboring breakout, or you may even cause and drive the infection to go deeper into the skin, which then has the potential to create acne scarring. So one thing that I always champion for being a professional skin therapist is really leaving your extractions to the professional skin therapist. And this is because they have tools, technology, and amazing formulations that will help to make sure that the skin is in the optimum state for safe and effective extractions. Okay, so I love how you said that you're a reformed face picker. Perfect. So, I mean, I think this, all this information has been so helpful just to be aware of it. I mean, we have mm -hmm. to be realistic, right? We're never going to not possibly eat 
sugar ever again or, you know, a carb. Um, we're not perfect. We can't always remember exactly like what we're putting, you know, shampooing or how we're showering. And, you know, we have to go out into the environment. I mean, pollution is out there. It's going to cling to the mm -hmm. skin. Things are going to happen. But it is being aware of being able to identify what could be a trigger, maybe adjusting some things in our lifestyle or our, as our habits. Um, and I think, too, like you mentioned, just really work and try to manage our breakout activity the best we can. So with that said, Leela, um, when we do get breakouts, because it does happen, what are some of the best ingredients that we should be looking out for? Okay. Um, so in the last podcast, we did discuss what are some of the contributing factors to breakouts. So just really quickly, we need to be mindful of the impaction plugs that can be developed at the neck of the follicle, as well as the overproduction of dead skin cells. So we need to look at things that are going to help to exfoliate the skin further. And I did give that tip last time not to be using something that has a physical grit, but rather looking at our amazing alpha and beta hydroxy acids or possibly even enzymes. Um, salicylic acid is one of my personal favorites just because it's going to exfoliate, it's going to help break down extra oils in the skin, and it also has an anti-inflammatory property. And another really good one to help, you know, remove the impaction plugs are things like papain and bromelain. Um, these are uh, enzymes that occur in fruit and papain actually comes from papaya and bromelain comes from pineapple. So those are going to be really helpful to manage and control the impaction plug as well as the overproduction of those skin cells that then create the clogging. The second component in terms of how we're going to treat the skin is by regulating sebum production. And whether that's just mopping up the extra sebum at the surface of the skin, or also helping to control the overactivity of the sebaceous glands, we need to help eliminate the food source for the bacteria and of course control that shine. So a couple key ingredients that you want to look out for, niacinamide is one. This is a very hot ingredient right now just because it's of its awesome property to not only regulate sebum, but also have antibacterial approaches. Azelaic acid is another great one. And one that we love to use at uh, Dermalogica is something called Nordy Hydrogoritic Acid. And this will essentially help to control how various hormonal fluctuations will impact the overall activity of that sebaceous gland. So those are two key components. Um, moving on to the next and the last here is looking at our bacteria production. And again, we need to focus on controlling the bacteria that's not only on the surface of the skin, but also deep within the follicle. And to be successful in this, we want to use things like tea tree oil, and that's something we've all heard of and know and love. Um, also, benzoyl peroxide can be very therapeutic. But I do want to give a little word to caution with this. Benzoyl peroxide is meant to heal and peel the skin. So it's a fantastic option as a spot treatment. But if you're not experiencing breakout activity all over the skin, it may not be needed for the rest of the face. So just keep that in mind. And uh, lastly, one of my favorites here for bacteria development is also sulfur. Sulfur will just slightly raise the pH in the follicle just a little bit to give you a little bit more of an acidic aspect, which will then help to further kill bacteria. And last but not least, I did mention this last time, we really need to not forget about the importance of hydration.
desiccating the skin. And the reason for this is for our skin cells to desquamate naturally, we have to have proper enzymes working that require good hydration levels. So making sure that we incorporate our sodium PCAs or our hyaluronic acids, those will be really good to lock and bind moisture in the skin, which will subsequently help the skin respond and behave as it should. Again, I can't stress this enough. If you're unsure, if you're not sure, you know, what ingredient is best for you, or if you have any sensitivity to ingredients is, you know, meeting with your professional skin therapist, having a face mapping, understanding the right path for what you need to take to treat the acne or the breakouts that you're experiencing, you know, and having that healthy skincare routine. And, you know, if it is more severe and you are using topical or ingestible medications prescribed to you from a doctor, you know, and having that conversation with them and making sure that both your, you know, medical treatment as well as your at-home care are really complementing each other. So, Leela, I think with so many, you know, at-home ways to treat your breakouts, and there's also professional tools on the market these days, especially for our licensed professional skin therapists. Are there some that you suggest um, that you suggest that others would use? And, and let's talk about why some of those would work really well for more of a skin predisposed to acne. Absolutely. You know, being that acne is such a challenging condition, sometimes you can really enhance what we're able to do in the professional treatment room or at home by adding in various tools. But again, some are better for certain skin types, so I'll go through those as we chat about various options. So if we're looking at the professional treatment room, I love that professional skin therapists have the latest and greatest in treatment room technology these days because it can really help to kickstart the amount of clearing that we'll see even if you were having a shorter service like a 10 minute face fit. So one of the first options that we can look at in a professional treatment is electric brush cleansing. Now this is really only recommended for that oily or comedone blackhead prone skin. And I wouldn't necessarily suggest this for any skin that has infected or inflamed lesions. Just really, we don't wanna be adding in that extra stimulation, but more for that oilier or blackhead prone skin, this will really help to facilitate a great deep cleanse. Mm -hmm. we, we also can use in the treatment room, our steam. And steam, I always like to say you want to use it in the right circumstances. So if somebody did have more of that really heavily inflamed type of skin, we may want to not incorporate that as it can, again, further stimulate. But steaming will help to warm up the skin and just relax the tissue a little bit. So if we did have somebody that had a lot of congestion and comedones, which are blackheads in the skin, we can use this to help soften the tissue slightly to help facilitate more more effective manual extractions. Okay. Uh, we, we also have another tool that is a personal favorite of mine just because you can use it in a lot of different ways and it's very easy to use and that would be an ultrasonic blade. So essentially what this does is it causes a vibration or an oscillation of the skin cells which then allow dead skin cells to be loosened off which can help with overall deep cleansing or possibly even exfoliation on a congested skin. But we can also use this tool to help further penetrate 
key active ingredients exactly where we want them to go, which is deep inside the follicle. And we do that again just by creating that oscillation of skin cells to allow the product to penetrate through the intracellular spaces. Perfect. So there's really some really great advanced technology out there that as a skin therapist, you can be using, but also too, as a consumer, if you're getting a skin treatment, like don't be surprised, right? If your, if your therapist uses some of these modalities during your treatment to really elevate the treatment and get the best results. Now, I know during the treatment, one of the key things that I know as a skin therapist, I love to do, which is our <laughs> extractions. Yes. Um, but, you know, we just don't go in and start extracting the skin that has not been properly prepped or prepared. So I'd like to talk to our listeners today a little bit about what we call desincrustation. Yes, absolutely. And this is a technique that has been around for quite some time, but it is one of the most therapeutic techniques to incorporate to prepare the skin for safe and effective extractions. One rule of thumb that you can consider is that the more dehydrated the skin is, the tighter the follicles will be, making those extractions more difficult. So if you're a therapist listening and you see that, disincrustation is something to absolutely set you up for success in this phase of the treatment. So essentially what disincrustation is doing is this is allowing us to pre-soften the skin prior to going in to do manual extractions. What we're able to do is take a small electrical current, it's something called galvanic, and we use that current on a negative polarity. We then go ahead and put a negative solution on the skin, and this creates something called saponification, which is essentially where we'll get a dilation of the follicles, as well as starting to break down the oils in the follicle, which then facilitates a much smoother extraction with less trauma to the area. So disincrustation is a fantastic way to go ahead and prep the skin. So having this done professionally really is a much safer, more hygienic way to do that. I know with Dermalogica in our professional treatment room, not only are our skin therapists trained with a, an excellent technique, the Dermalogica extraction technique, but we also have the you know high caliber professional only products to facilitate that. Like for example, we use in the in the treatment room multi-active scaling gel to really help, like you said, with that hydration to kind of soften the skin, soften the sebum most importantly, and that can be used um, with steam or with not. Um, there also are some other um, options. I know LED is really huge in our industry as well. Do you have any? Um, what are, your, what are your favorite things, I think, about LED when using it in your treatment room? So LED is one of those things that essentially helps to support the skin to do what it should be doing. So LED will give your cells the energy that it could possibly be lacking. Now, bringing it back in relation to an acneic skin, when I'm doing a treatment on somebody that has a lot of breakout activity, I like to incorporate the blue LED light. And essentially what this light will do is help to get deep into the follicle to kill bacteria as well as control inflammation. So if I've got a really powerful, let's say niacinamide-based serum on the skin with a great um, 
transparent hydrating mask and incorporate blue LED, I can be working to target and treat that breakout from many different approaches. So it's a very effective and uh, very well sought, off, sought after technology. So I've seen LED not only in the treatment room, but there's also some blue light therapy um, at home. I've seen some over the counter as well. Are there any tips or advice that you have for our listeners today if they are doing um, a type of light therapy at home? Absolutely. You know, consumer tools are definitely getting more advanced these days, but I've seen a few different applications of light therapy when you're looking at it at an at-home basis. I've seen little handheld tools that you can just apply straight up to the skin. Um, and then I've also seen, which are quite funny, now the full face masks mm -hmm. that you apply. Mm -hmm. And essentially, you just have your nose, mouth, and eyes that are left open, and you wear that for that 10 to 15 minute duration. The one thing that I would be mindful of um, is that you, if you are using one of those face masks, just make sure that you've got proper eye protection uh -huh. just because light therapy is quite strong and you do wanna make sure that your eyes are well protected. So that's just the one tip that I have there. Yes, that's so important. And I think with any technology, whether it's in the treatment room or at home, um, I think we both probably agree. We've had this conversation before. It's just following your manufacturer's instructions, mm -hmm. right? And to using them in uh, the proper method. So also too that they're safe and, and that they work as well. So mm -hmm. Leela, I think there's been so many great options we've talked about today and so much amazing information when it comes to targeting and treating breakout activity of the skin. I know that I am a huge fan of our Medibac clearing system when it comes to those breakouts that I experience on occasion. But can you tell everyone a little bit about the system and do you have any favorite products um, from Dermalogica? <laughs> I know we say we love all of them, but there are some that are definitely <laughs> our faves um, as well. Absolutely. You know, Medibac Clearing is a system that I am so passionate about because I really do believe that there's no other system that we carry that has the ability to change lives as Medibac does. And if you can really help treat, clear, manage, and prevent someone's breakout activity, you're giving them a whole new lease on life and level of self-confidence. So Medibac Clearing is so unique because it's around the clock control we use um, to target and treat adult acne. And we're using some very advanced state-of-the-art technology to help control all four of those various factors that attribute to breakout development in the skin. So right off the top, you know that you're well covered there. Um, we also do have our Clear Start family, which is an awesome option. Um, and it, that is really focused on hydration, decongesting, as well as lots of great calming and soothing botanicals. So we've got two fantastic systems that your professional skin therapist may prescribe options from. Now, in terms of personal favorites, mm -hmm. I will just point out three for you because, okay. I mean, it's true. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> um, but my first favorite is Overnight Clearing Gel. Okay. That was actually one of the products that I first started on with Dermalogica over 12 years ago when I was struggling myself. And the reason it's one of my favorites is because it is so fantastic for helping to decongest a really bumpy blackhead prone type of skin. So that would be my number one. Um, my number two is our breakout control. 
And uh, breakout control is a powerful spot treatment that is specifically meant to target and treat those big, juicier, inflamed lesions. So not only will this help kind of calm down the inflammation, but it will furthermore kill that bacteria inside the follicle. And a really helpful tip that I love to give our students, or our business consultants, is talking to end clients about using this product in relation to their cycle. So I'll explain. You know, a lot of people, if they experience breakout activity with their period, they see a breakout come up when they start their period and they start then using a spot treatment. But what I might suggest is actually downloading a period tracker app on your phone. There's lots of different free versions and then have it send you a push notification when you are ovulating. When you ovulate is when you start to see that your estrogen levels drop and your progesterone start to rise. And it's the progesterone rising that's going to cause more of that breakout activity. So if you're someone that constantly has breakouts right in around the chin, jawline, and nose, and you know you always get them in relation to your cycle, you can use that breakout control in those areas prior to actually getting your period because you may be able to stop the breakout from coming up in the first place. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then my very last one here is I am also prone to experiencing a little bit of breakout activity on my chest as well as my back, especially if I've been working out a lot. So I love using our clearing skin wash on our exfoliating body cloth so that I can help to buff and clean that area after I've had a really heavy workout. So clearing skin wash makes an awesome body wash if you're experiencing breakouts on the chest or the back and the shoulders. Okay, so like a little extra tip. So you can also use clearing skin wash for your face, but if you are getting it, like you said, on your shoulders, your chest, or your back, taking it down to those areas as well. Absolutely. Okay, excellent. Perfect. Well, Leela, again, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today. This has been action-packed when it comes to information, education, and just really a lot of inspiration from you. So thank you so much for taking the time and really, you know, giving us some of the ins and outs when it comes to um, understanding, recognizing, and treating acne. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Beth. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. You can find us on iTunes and the podcast section of Google Play Music. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. For more information, visit Dermalogica.com. And until next time, thank you for listening.